0: Welcome back to the, uh, the Airspace Executive Podcast. I'm, I'm thrilled to have David Yu back with me. Uh, David is uh, is a good friend. He's sitting in uh, Shanghai tonight, or I should say uh, this morning in Shanghai. Uh, David is a, uh, an acclaimed uh, aircraft investor. Um, he is a professor at uh, NYU in the Shanghai campus where he teaches finance, mergers and acquisitions, structured financing, cross-border valuations, and uh, just an all around aviation airline expert and a great guy. So, thanks for coming back on, David. Good to see you again.
1: Thanks, Craig, for having me.
0: So, let's talk about big stuff happening. And, you know, obviously, every, you know, a couple of things happening economically right now that's got to, you know, people, I don't know if they're worried or if they're just keeping an eye out for them, but obviously, interest rates in the US are going up. That's going to affect the global economy. We've got supply chain stuff. And then obviously where you are now is you know China has become one of the world's biggest uh, aviation consumers. So let's just talk about a couple of those things and see how that's all going to play out over the next nine to 12 months. Sounds good. So what's the Fed? So the Fed's going to raise, they need to. Inflation is rampant in the United States. I think we saw the 10-year at 1.9. The other day, so it's at uh, probably a twenty-four month high. Where do we go from here?
1: Well, look, uh, this rising inflation is is not a temporary spike, and this is what ha- uh, that has the Fed concerned, right? And um, what people in the market and uh, are expecting, and what the Fed has been uh, has been uh, hinting at, is that that there will be uh, rises going forward. Uh, uh, this year, the question then becomes: How many how many interest rate uh, rises are there? And if you think about it, many people actually believe that there will be uh, four uh, separate hikes this year. And uh, uh, a lot of people, the market uh, uh, consensus, really shows that. But if you think about it, there's been some uh, additional uh, divergent, uh, divergent uh, views on this, where BlackRock just came back uh, yesterday and say, "Hey, that's uh, it's a bit, uh, oh, uh, that's a bit too much, and maybe they won't do it as much." Well, this is up to uh, uh, different pundits, and obviously, we all have our own thoughts. But how does this have the mainly how does this affect uh, our space? Well, look, if you think about it. Uh, large asset-based uh, investing assets uh, in general really need um, financing, right? So the high, the lower the interest rates, uh, the more ability to borrow, uh, as well as the values overall of assets uh, go go higher. And this is exactly what you have seen in in aviation uh, assets, uh, a- along with other uh, real asset classes, that, you know, like real estate. Uh, uh, etc and one of the other things that you see is that people uh, have this hunt for yield so you see uh people going from the very because you're getting very low rates on 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 um, on existing uh, investments, so they're trying to up tier. So they they're going. A lot of people have gone into uh, aircraft ABS, right? Uh, and and the assets itself. So it's a big uh, impact overall. And I think this is something we should actually look at how this will affect both the lending side as well as the asset trading and and pricing side. Of-
0: yeah. See, I agree with you. I don't think inflation. You know, they talk about it's, inflation's transitory, and I disagree totally. I mean, um, pilots. Cost for pilots in the United States is going up. You're never going to back down their wages unless you find some sort of, you know, you know unless, you know, there's another mass layoff. And but but that's not going to go back down. The you know, price of aircraft is going up because the supply chain is. You know, still backed up. People are raising prices to accommodate that. I'm like, yeah, this is going to have a long term effect. So prices may stabilize, but they're never you're never going to see where they were, you know this seven eight nine percent inflation rate that we're seeing now you know it may be temporary, but it will plateau at a higher level and and that's you know that's not good for anybody fuel isn't going to come down in price um you know, i think that it's a new day i think fuel prices will stay i think you know oil prices will probably stay at eighty nine dollars a barrel for the foreseeable the foreseeable you know, future unless there's another supply chain you know supply shock and you know so um yeah there there you go where do you see end of cheap money for borrowing on end of cheap money for uh for airplane you know borrowing I, on airplanes I,
1: I i think if you think about it this is uh, it's good or bad depending where you sit on, on the spectrum right if your entire business model is based upon uh ability to borrow large of sums of money at very very cheap rates and and having very thin margins then you're uh you're going to probably be in some difficulty yeah uh, if you think about it because if these rates are as expected then that uh that thin margin will be really wiped out and that will be really uh bad in terms of the overall business but you know if you're in in the in a good way this really kind of uh, helps the market in the sense that if you think about it from a long-term pro- pro- productivity point of view, this is where the creativity comes in. this is where people who have really good businesses uh, will find a way to continue on even without reset higher uh, cost basis. so this is this is what will create innovation throughout the system and I think this is kind of this will help also drive the reset of the overall industry. Uh, which is what I've been saying for the last uh, few years now, since COVID. Started.
0: But it helps, you know. So AirCap, Air Lease, some of your bigger, more established lessors—they've borrowed a lot of money cheap, you know, cheaply. Their fleets are out there. They've got you know thousands of airplanes out there. Does this really hurt? You know, does it, does this give them a better competitive advantage over the Johnny Come Latelys, who are now going to the market and saying, Hey, we want, you know, we want a tranche? Or does it sort of you know, keep? Is is the playing field still level?
1: I think it really becomes a question of what is your competitive advantage, right? What are you competing against? If you're just competing on pure cost, then from that perspective, the bigger players will definitely have an edge, given that their ability to tap the the capital markets, uh, et cetera. I, I think that is. Is uh, is one advantage. You know, obviously, the the contrary to that is the more if in, in a in a rising uh, cost basis environment. Um, if you think about, it, if you have large amounts of assets, obviously that's not going to be as good for your overall portfolio. So that will be a, a drag. Uh, so it's a balance per second, But at the end of the day, the question is, can you find opportunities that will be marginally better? So it will be additive compared to. That Kazakh cushion, so that in case these things do rise, which they do, of course, mm-hmm. it's, this is a cyclical uh, environment and it's all what comes up comes down as well over time. This is the main aspect to, to consider. So, how, how much uh, planning is there and, and emphasizes there in your, uh, in your underwriting and risk out elements?
0: What about the airline side of the house? I mean, obviously, you know, everybody's looking at you know, credits. You know, I think, I, I think you roll the dice on credit, what you may have considered to be a good credit a year or two ago. You yeah, know, nobody knows. A lot of airlines have, you know, New, Ze- or New Zealand, you know, there's 777 parked for 600 days. Um, so now it's out there in the market. You're probably going to start to see some wide body, but, you know, how do you account for that?
1: look at it from a credit perspective, right? If you think about it, the main thing uh, we rolled back two years ago, we we basically look at existential risk. Are they going to continue to be alive going forward? And today, uh, I think that risk has, has, has muted in, in some respects, but Overall, it's still there. So now the market is very kind of divided between the people who can, airlines who can uh, tap the capital markets and have access to funding and the people who cannot. If you think about it from the people who cannot, they were gonna pay very large amounts to get funding and that's not available. Now the bar is even higher. So that will make it much harder for them to continue just the same as before. But if you look at on the other side of the picture, the airlines, larger airlines who have uh, capital markets access, they'll be able to. Uh, they'll still be able to, but it'll be much. It will just be more expensive from mm-hmm. that perspective. So that means their capacity to borrow when they have to re- renew these facilities mm-hmm. will, will will obviously, uh, if everything else is equal, um, be shifted. Down. So ultimately. There is a expansion mode right at the moment, right? As you, as you mentioned with Air New Zealand, bring back aircraft, and and all. If you look at kind of capacity in the system, uh, it's generally pretty close to pre-COVID times capacity-wise. So people right. bring that. Up. But there's a lot of difficulties of bringing back parked aircraft, especially wide bodies and, and and you know the large aspects. You know, one of the things that people don't realize is. Um, During this time, there might be uh, some basically, uh, basically uh, uh, SBS, basically SBS, and and things that uh, that OEMs need uh, that need Mm -hmm. to be repaired or or or, or adjusted uh, for these aircraft that weren't done in that period that were issued during the period, and they must get done. So there could be potentially lots of costs. Uh, yeah. To get these uh, planes back up uh, to uh, normal operating conditions, um, and 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 whenever, even if you have an old car, if you haven't used it for a long time or started it up every so often, then there you you uh, you're uh, inevitably uh, going to find uh, things that are broken or or need to, to sure. be adjusted, etc. And they're going to have to do that. And uh, but you know, these guys are professionals. You know, i think uh, uh the key is uh is 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 going through these systems checks and getting these uh these large very large aircraft assets back back online uh in a in a systematic way but uh yeah
0: i think the thing that bothers me yeah what worries me is a lot of cost there's a, there's a lot of cost elevation costs are going up demand is still iffy and the demand is still price sensitive. so you know how long do we take before we match you know, cost, you know, the, the supply-demand curve, you know, how long is it till it really intersects and you start to find a, re, a, a real price you know, versus cost uh, balance?
1: This is an important piece, right? At the moment, that divergence between narrow body and their uh, wide body still exists quite a lot right. because it's international versus domestic markets. Yeah. If you look at the domestic markets, you know, the US is still doing relatively well compared to other. Everybody other else countries. is flat or yeah. down, yeah. They're there yeah, non-existent. Exactly. Exactly. Look at look at Europe, you know, size-wise it might be the same, but obviously there's very uh many um countries in, in that in that space and they have which to who have different uh uh uh, Covid uh, uh, policies, right, and that's affected some of the travel there. But the U.S. is obviously still contiguous from from that perspective. But if you look at international traffic, still very much down. So that's yeah. that's that's still a bummer. Even though uh, you know you see pe- uh, countries trying to reopen up, uh, 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 especially in Asia. You see in the last uh, last six months or so, a lot of countries are trying to open up uh, and, and get back to uh, normalcy. Here. So. And, and that's a great thing so we, we we try to uh if that's the case then there would be much more uh, traffic flow and, and and the resurgence of some of these park fleets that we're talking
0: about how do you see supply chain i mean obviously supply chains coming you know supply chains starting to come back obviously GE starting to make engines again the airframe you know that you got i don't know what's airbus doing now 50 A320s a month now is that what they're ramping back up to boeing says we're going to get back to about 30 something you know 730 you know maxes. so the pl- supply chain starting to open up and a lot of your component component mros around the world are still hurt a little bit parts you know once again there's that supply supply demand imbalance on the parts side you know what do you what do you forecast from your point of view how long to how long to get it fixed
1: look at the moment you know if you look at kind of where the demand is, it's 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 only certain markets at the moment, right? So uh OEMs, while they they might be very happy to continue to sell down the pipe, uh, the order book is still robust for, for a lot of products, but this will take time for digestion throughout the entire system. So it's not a, a quick fix, just like you were alluding to. Um, and I think this will take uh, definitely some more time uh, i would call it when the overall environment is changing the passenger side is as we discuss uh, you know it's not in a uh, a completely rebounded state it's 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 still in that initial kind of recovery mode mm-hmm. but if you look at it on the other flip side of things if great side, supply chain side is really going gangbusters, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, everything's you know 100 bad book. Uh, if you want to find capacity, it's very difficult. Uh, you, you really can at the moment. Um, uh, these are these are main things that you know uh, that are driving kind of the overarching kind of uh, uh, yep. global supply chain issues that we're we're seeing today. You know the ships are are also backed up. Uh, so this is this is an overall. Not just specifically
0: to the aviation, but yeah, this is something that is interesting to me too. Let's just shift gears a little bit. You know, we talked about freight. A lot of people now jumping in the freighter market. You, you looked at uh, Qatar, you know, big 777 X freighter purchase. You see mammoth freighters now getting into the the wide body. You know, they're moving over to Dallas, and they're they're, they're they've got their big freighter program going. You've got some other people that are jumping into the market. Um, I'm seeing freighter deals happening all the time. Yeah, people are committing. Um, you know, freight is a big sine wave of yeah, it's it's been a big supply. Yeah, you know, it's been a big sign sine wave. Yeah, it's it's either really high in demand or people running for the exits. Are we getting ahead of ourselves? <laughs>
1: Well, look, uh, if you look at kind of where where we are today, just capacity-wise, right, uh, normally uh, 50% of the, you know, in, in, in generality terms, um, of the capacity is coming from uh, underbelly cargo space, right? right? And when you don't have any uh, the international traffic, that's pretty much uh, very muted, right? So, mm-hmm. so you're going to have to uh, compensate through dedicated freighters and other methods. So the question really becomes, when do we reopen? And that's going to be a big uh, push, but even if we do reopen, how fast does that kind of come back? So, these are kind of the major questions, the big drivers of, of, of it. But ultimately, freight, I think, still has a good four, five, four, five or five years.
0: To get. Yeah, I just yeah. look at, yeah, I, I don't know what a 7777 x freighter costs. I got to think, yeah, yeah, book you know, retail what 300 million, 350? Um. That's a pretty hefty borrowing cost on an airplane that flies two legs a day, you know, flies there and back um with a full belly. Uh now e-commerce is not going away. And I, you, there's a lot to be saying for our global, a change in global economy. But I, I look at the economics, I go, it must be for smarter people than me, because I, I don't know. I I just the numbers the numbers, you know, are, are pretty uh difficult to comprehend
1: well uh large aircrafts especially large factory freighters will be pretty big numbers right as any of these assets are uh so i think really ultimately it's a question uh, of use uh use case here the question is when do you going to get it <laughs> that's a that's a very mm-hmm. important piece just so that's what we said about in the cycle. But ultimately, you know, you see a lot more uh, conversion programs getting up and started at the moment. This is will where, where this will be where a lot of the parked aircraft were just sitting there, haven't found second homes. You know, back to what we said before, that second tier of airlines who um, are struggling to find financing, and, and, and et cetera. Those people are not taking. As many new delivery sale leasebacks or not right. uh, leasing in aircraft and they're parking more of these aircraft and that's where traditionally these older aircraft would have gone right so if they're not taking them where would they do they would be, be sitting there so they'd be prime candidates for for conversion etc mm-hmm. so ultimately this is this is where the cost aspect will definitely you know if you think about it, if you're a cargo you don't you, you don't care if it's a brand new yeah. thing, <laughs> uh, a cabin or uh, or it's an old one, as long as you can get them, right?
0: Well, we were talking about, yeah, look, we were talking about C-cubed aerospace before we came on. You know, it's an STC. It's a A320 STC conversion. And the A320 is going to be a great airplane. It's going to be a great cargo. Yeah, great domestic. Yeah, great regional cargo airplane. you probably pick one up. I don't know, 12 million bucks, $15 million right now. Yeah, freshen up the engines, put the conversion in. It's all You're all done at $25 million it's a good number yeah you got 20 years of life left on the airframe and it's probably it's a good number for you know it's 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 an interesting time i just look at it i go wow you know you think about you know factory new cargo versus the conversion market and it's it's just an interesting yeah dynamic as to how that plays out
1: absolutely i think ultimately it comes down to your kind of long uh your timeline as as we all know, there's always a, a newer kid on the block or a newer product on the block yep. that might, might might be better and, 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 and sexier, right? But well, uh, ultimately, it does your economics work, and that's right. that's main, the main point, right? Are you are you going to make any money, or or just bleeding money? You run? That's that's
0: that's, that's, that's you betting the come on this one. You're just betting the come, so that's uh, that's the way it goes. But um, hey, what? Uh, so let's talk about China a little bit. Um, obviously, you know country was you know affected by covid that hurts air travel is it coming back what's happening it's it's a huge consumer of aircraft and parts what's uh what's happening in the region
1: uh, right now during the olympics and there's a lot of outbreaks and this is a period where normally we would have lots of like three, over three four hundred million people traveling uh, so this is like the largest human exodus if you think about it from a global perspective at one short time but That's not really happening this time Yes, it's still travel, but it's not as to the level that we saw uh, normally pre-COVID times. So this has been obviously a big shock to the airlines, Chinese airlines. This is actually what's happening every single major holiday, October 1 holidays, et cetera, et cetera. So they're not actually getting the benefit of high pricing, high demand. Uh, and high pass-throughs, um, so they're 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 getting they're they're missing out on the best windows of, of making money. So this is not a great sign. But overall, there's other things that benefit cargo, etc. Are about. you optimistic
0: about Are you optimistic about where it's going? I mean, ultimately, is the country going to start to open up gradually, more gradually this year, or do you see it? Do you, do you I, see, I see no? Yes,
1: I, I I don't I don't see opening up until and like later this year. I don't see it i don't I don't see it i'm, I'm not so I'm not so uh, optimistic in terms of uh, opening up. but I, at the end of the day, I think uh where the airlines though, uh I don't think they'll get worse from that perspective right I think there's only more upside there's not too much more downside from, from, from that
0: there, there's only there's only one way to go when you're when you're when you're when you're rock bottom there's only one way to go right that's it's 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 up and you just hope it comes quick.
1: Exactly. Look, international is still very, very restricted, and I think once that opens up, that will bring a a whole lot more uh, uh, revenues from that point of view. And and domestically, it's been up and down. It's been a yo-yo, right? It's been a fast rebound post the initial lockdown, but but afterward, it's been it's been up and down with some of these uh, uh, just uh, uh, this health uh, kind of flare-ups, I would call it. Uh, So we have good basis. The question is, can we get the rest of it under control? And,
0: and yeah. What about COMAC? Delivered, uh, I think COMAC. delivered a first airplane today. Is that what I heard?
1: No, 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 not delivered. Not delivered. Not yet. Anyways, look, uh, what what they were planning to deliver at the end of last year, right? That was right. their initial goal and they didn't obviously make it. And what they came out today was saying, basically there's about, uh, there was uh, 200 odd tests that need to get the CAACs uh, uh the, asking for for certification tests and there's only co- uh, been roughly about 40 or so so there's still a, a room to, of of uh, testing that needs to be done but they have said today that this they they plan to finish uh, this year and they're gonna well, they they are going to deliver the first uh aircraft to china eastern all
0: right that's what i was hearing was a that's what i was hearing about first delivery down the road i guess i was i was mistaken um is it you know is is What's your forecast for the COMAC aircraft? I mean, is, does, do more, you know, look, it's everybody wants to vote root for the home team, right? Um, do, do the Chinese airline, domestic airlines make big, big orders for that and at the expense of the Airbus and Boeing products, or do they go with the best airplane at the best value? And yeah, you know, what works for the balance sheets?
1: Look in the beginning. Look, there's there the airlines are taking it uh, and 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 uh, are going to use it. That's that's first off, right? Uh, that's not a question. The question then becomes, like you said, how much percentage is there? Right now, the seven three seven max is is recertified, but yet no one has yet to fly it uh, in China. Right. Time. So they're going through the testing stages at the moment. So the question is, when is that going to come back? The neo uh, three twenty neo has obviously been very huge demand. Doing very well. So uh, ultimately, this uh, this this dynamic here, I think. Look, well, it, it's it's also a testing out of, of the equipment, et cetera. But you know, I think there there's big hopes for it, of course. But mm-hmm. well, let's see kind of how that kind of gets digested in the system, especially in this time where there's uncertain um, demand you know, it has been yo-yoing demand from that specific perspective.
0: There you go. Good. How's your book doing? So you wrote a you wrote a big book on aircraft financing investing in aircraft and aircraft financing. Absolutely. How's it doing?
1: No, it's it's been it's been good. I've done a ton of book talks, a ton of uh, uh, seminars about the topic, about what's happening, and uh, and and the industry has really come back and, and come back with really interesting comments. I think this is the first, really, the uh, for those who don't know, this is the first book that really uh, systematically uh, has done a rigorous, uh, comprehensive. Uh, analysis of the entire market, and ultimately, this will give comfort to potential investors, financiers, etc., who really are looking at underlying kind of trends and, and, and characteristics. So that we can underwrite more, and this is my goal: is to make it so that people can uh, accept the industry and asset class even more than before. That was one of the biggest complaints: is is not enough uh, information about past kind of what how has it done. A lot of people say things, but uh, this is this is something that will give them additional uh, data points.
0: That they can well, well, it's really the first textbook on. I mean, it's re- you're really the first author of any textbook on aircraft investing as an a, as a class. I mean, it's kind of you know, it's it's the first one out there. It's uh, very comprehensive. Um, my guess is it's probably going to be a playbook for for future generations as well.
1: Absolutely. Look, I think there'll be tons of uh, things to update, like anything, <laughs> any of these projects. Right. Always want to update it, but ultimately, I I I think this will help a lot of people. who's put the the their thoughts around this asset class and, and continue to to learn and improve, uh, and and hopefully do uh, stimulate more research, et cetera. So uh, this is this is multiple goals from uh, from.
0: The- so will will airplanes be will will airplanes will will airplanes be a good investment moving forward?
1: Look, absolutely, it depends. It all, everything is about how you pick things and underwrite things. So, I'm there's plenty of really interesting opportunities for investors. The question really becomes what it fits your risk and timeline perspective. So, so that to me is, is 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 a key. Know yourself first, then go and look at the assets. So, uh, this combination of both.
0: Last question here. We we just saw Spirit and Frontier Airlines merge or Frontier Buy Spirit. I suspect you'll see some other mergers of other airlines down the road. You know, as the airlines merge, do we start to see a falling out? I mean, there's obviously a lot of new leasing companies out there, a lot of smaller boutique firms. Do we start to see them consolidate as well?
1: Well, let's put it this way. I've been, I've been, I've been saying that there will be consolidation in the airline space and less source space since the beginning of 2000, <laughs> since COVID started. So, right. I, uh, so this is coming to a fruition from my perspective. Your, uh, ma-
0: your magic ball is clear.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's definitely happening. And ultimately, look, uh, this will continue to happen. Consolidation, this big drive. Look at GCAS Air AirCap creating mm-hmm. this monster leasing company. But look, ultimately, what's happening is this will continue to happen. But there is innovation. There's over 140 uh by my counts, uh, new airlines are started up all types around the world. So innovation still happens. So yes, there will be consolidation even smaller guys, and, and, and players, but this will continue to happen.
0: Cool. Well, let's uh let's leave it at that one. And uh, where do people find you, David? How do people get a hold of you? Sure, please uh feel free to email me,
1: David. Uh, you, you at NYU.edu. Uh,
0: and where do they find your book?
1: Uh, you can find it on Amazon or the major retailers or all that's online. So awesome. We'll put, folks, we'll put a <laughs>
0: link up to it in the show notes as well. That'd be, great. That'd be great. Cool, Dave. Thanks for coming on tonight. Enjoy the evening in Shanghai. Thanks so much. I hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Aerospace Executive Podcast. You can reach out to me directly, Craig and NorthStarESG.com Or check us out at www.northstarESG.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or on YouTube. Just do a search for Aerospace Executive Podcast. Thanks again. I'm Craig Pippen.